0: Gentlemen, welcome into episode 17170 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, hanging out here with James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. I can't believe we made it to 170 and made it to the, the final stretch of the winter sports season, the basketball quarterfinals start today, and we have semifinals and hopefully finals for a few of our teams down at the Breslin Center and Van Andel this week. James, can you believe that we've made it this far? I feel like even six weeks ago I was I was scared that we weren't gonna make it here.
1: Yeah, and getting get getting episode 170. Right? I didn't think that was ever going to happen. But I guess I never, I guess I didn't have as much worry about it as other people did. I don't know why. You know, I thought that the MHSA was pretty dedicated to plowing through with this and doing whatever they had to do to do it, get it done. So I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't really worried about it. There was a lot of people who were like, oh, we could get shut down any day. And I'm like, and I was like, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, maybe. It could. We but, know it could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, this whole last year has been just weird, and everything can change on a dime from day to day. But I, for some reason, I just never had that. I just never had that paranoia. I guess in the back of my mind that it was just going to shut down and end. And I mean, like, there's, there's, there's going to be an end to this season. There, there's no way that they would let two years in a row for basketball not. And like this
0: yeah and i mean a couple of the other sports that we talked about last week that were ending up with wrestling it got to finish down at van andel and at the wings event center we had a state champion a few people we're going to talk about them in a second like i said we have just a few more games in basketball this week we are creeping up on the end of the winter sports season and coming into spring which next week we're gonna you know do a full recap of the basketball season and we're gonna start diving into our spring sports and start looking ahead so excited for that but before we do that we have a big episode today. We are going to chat about those wrestling finals. we got four teams left in the basketball playoffs. We're going to chat about each one of those and their chances this week. We have a great interview and, once again, bring on, brought on a brand-new school, brand-new athletes with the McBain Ramblers, the number one team in Division Three on the boys' basketball side. In the quarterfinals, about to play Iron Mountain. On Tuesday, we had Mason Hooker and Caden McGillis join us, both seniors from McBain. It was actually an awesome interview. We finally got to get to know a little bit of the Ramblers and what McBain is about. So make sure you stick around for that. Then we're going to get into the chatter that it matters with Andrew. Andrew put out a big story this week about another lawsuit about the testing for this week coming up with basketball players and some of the pushback that has happened across the state yet again with the Let Them Play organization. So we'll, we'll hear more about that after the interview. We'll get into our Hall of Fame, which, like I said, we had a state champion and a few more people at the wrestling state finals show up really big. So I think that's going to be dominated Pretty heavily in the Hall of Fame, and then we're going to get into our trifecta where we talk about what we're binging. So stick around for that. Before we get too far, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fresh, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. While we're on that topic, just really quickly, it's been a couple of weeks since we got the people fed. I know you guys are hungry, but we had a new community come into the fold last week. We got a couple more sub coupons to send out. This week's winner is Bill Stevens from Ellsworth. Make sure you check out for your DMs, and if you like, share, retweet this podcast, uh, we will make sure to get you entered in to win two free Jimmy John subs. We'll send those vouchers out to you via mail. So, yes, welcome to everybody. If you have not heard us before, welcome, welcome. We have a lot to get into, so we do not like to play around too much. We're going to go ahead and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse and lead this episode off with what I've been talking about over and over again, those wrestling state finals. We had individual state finals, I believe it was 21 or 22 um, I think I actually missed one in our story from Gaylord, which which you'll talk about here in a second, James. But we had 22 wrestlers go down to the individual state finals on Friday and Saturday last week. And we had, of course, a lot of people show up big. Um, just to start off with, i you know just going to bring him up. Gavin Wilmoth at 152 in Division 4 for Traverse City St. Francis. He was our only individual state champion this year. But nonetheless, definitely, definitely, definitely well worth it. I remember seeing him wrestle at the beginning of last season, and he talked about wanting to do... Um, something along these lines. So he comes back and wins that D four title, James. I know that you uh, got most of that individual uh, wrestling stuff in your head on Friday. What uh, What other good performances did we have last week?
1: Yeah, we had two other state finalists aside from aside from Gavin Wilmoth from Traverse City St. Francis,
0: Gavin Merchant
1: in uh, from Kingsley at 112 pounds, and Remy Cotton from Tra- Central got to the state championship match at uh, 189. Before losing to the guy that he uh, had beat earlier in the season, that was ranked number one in the state at the time. So, so we had three people in the finals. I mean, that's a, a pretty nice showing here, especially considering the you know that you know Gaylord wasn't sending that cadre of people that it normally sends um, up here to represent. So, um, it was actually you know a lot of Kingsley and a lot of Boyne City kids going this year. So, um, that was nice to see some some different schools sending a lot of kids down to the state finals.
0: Yeah, I think you bring that up between Boynton City and Kingsley. Out of the 22, there was 11 kids between those two schools. Those two schools made up half of our contingent who went down to uh, the individual state finals. Like you said, I, th- I think that, that story with Remy Cotton, man, you beat Rojas earlier in the season, you come back and you lose. It was an 11-5 decision in the Division One state final, but I think that's what's awesome is that we had finalists in Division One, Division Three, and Division Four this year. So all the way up and down the board, we've had a finalist. Like if, say, Gaylord might have sent a uh, bigger contingency, I think we could have probably had all the way through, maybe a finalist in each division. Um, but nonetheless, like you said, there was a lot of good showings out there. The Kingsley kids, you know, plenty of them did did very, very well. Kyan Fessenden, he had, what, fifth place. Sam Goldthold was fourth at 189. Aiden Shire from Kingsley ended up in eighth place after losing to Otisville's Cal Hugler.
1: Yep, uh, we had uh, Samson Ross from Bensley Central finished fifth. He's going on to, to wrestle at Adrian College this year. Um, you know, I thought that uh, maybe baseball would be his sporting college, but he's going there to wrestle. He's the first uh, state placer for Benzie Central since 2015. A couple other placers that we have, uh, Gaylord senior Quinn Schultz uh, placed 6th. Toss sophomore Trevor Swift, or Swiss, sorry, uh, placed 8th for the Northmen.
0: Mancelona Gauges tipped in in Division 4, placed 8th at 119.
1: Yep, and Boyne Boyne City's Jordan McBee took 8th place at 119.
0: Yeah, so, James, like you said, I think we had seven people finish in t- inside the top five out of 21, so we're talking about 33% of our wrestlers who went down finished inside the top five, meaning they won at least two matches out of the day. So congratulations to everybody who made their way down to Van Andel and to the Wings Event Center, especially, like you said, Gavin Wilmoth with that Division Four state title at 152 pounds. Make sure you stick around for the Hall of Fame because I have a feeling like... Plenty of those kids are going to show up in that segment. Let's move on to basketball. We had a few games, a few regional finals last week. They were really awesome games, some of them between some of our local teams. Uh, So let's go ahead, dive into those, and let you know exactly what these teams are facing in the quarterfinals this week. Let's start off with the girls because they are going to be playing on Monday before this podcast usually hits many people's ears. But I want to talk about their games last week and what we think about their chances this week. Andrew, uh, you you had the chance to kind of take Bel Air's playoff run in with your own two eyes. Obviously, that game against Frankfurt in that regional final was a tough go, but nonetheless, I know you know that they're getting JC Summers back this week. What was that game like for Bel Air, and how uh, how are their spirits heading into quarterfinals? Well, for Bel
2: Air, all of their postseason games have been quite close, to be honest with you. I mean, the district final goes into overtime with Leland. The first regional, they're put first now, or they're playing without, or they're playing with Katie Deckard this time, but. You know, with with, with Frankfurt and Reagan Thorpe, Brad just knew they were gonna come back and of course they did. They had a shot at the tie and it just didn't really go through. Nonetheless, Reagan put up a hell of a game and I'm interested I'm really interested to see what Bel is gonna look like with JC Summers back tonight. They're going up against the number two team in the state in Saginaw Novell, and they are no joke with their defense, but Bel Air isn't either. So this is the ultimate are you good game for Belair, you know.
0: Honestly, I'm pretty sure Saginaw Valley only has one loss in the season. I think they're 19 and one, so it's definitely yeah, going to be a test. Yeah, and
2: Sterling's their only loss in the season.
0: So it's going to be a, definitely going to be a test, right?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, test is an understatement. Like when you're, this is a game to show Northern Michigan that they're good at basketball. Like in the Ski Valley Conference is legit. You know, it's it's not just state quarterfinal. At least that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, I think I think Belair has a good shot here. We've been talking about that in the last couple of years. I mean. What they ran into the playoffs we we without we losing. The,
2: the, we thought they had a shot last That's year. I mean, two, they, they, you know? they were
0: undefeated up until whatever, that regional final last year. Now they have a chance to show that that, that was meant to be. Um, I'm pretty sure that the Eagles and that entire community is really excited for a chance to possibly make their way down to Breslin on Friday. Uh, Bel Air, if they do win this game, they'll be playing at Van Andel. On, That's correct. On Wednesday, because Divisions 1 and 4 will be at Van Andel and 2 and 3 will be at the Breslin for the semifinals. And then everybody will be at the Breslin for the finals on Friday and Saturday. But nonetheless, James, I know another team that we are very, very excited about, and you finally got to see last week after, you know, seemingly not them eluding you, but the Glen Lake girls took down McBain in that regional final. We knew that McBain was good, but you saw that Glen Lake is, is hands and feet above the competition right now, right?
1: Yeah, up here, especially. I mean, and, and they get another undefeated team in their quarterfinal. With yeah, that team is just impressive with the amount of length that they put on there. It's going to get even more so with Haley Helling coming back. And you know, I think that uh, that this is one team I think that's just ticketed for going to the final four.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the girls in Division Three, then they'll be at if Glen Lake is able to beat Calumet. They'll be at the Breslin on Wednesday, but you know this this team in particular. I saw that Calumet and you know that Calumet and Saint Ignace game that was to play in here went into overtime, and Calumet ended up pulling out of that. But that was another really tight game. If we think about it once again, Glen Lake's closest game was eight points against Lake City. The next closest game is twenty-two points. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it'll be interesting to see if they if they get down to a game that's one or two possessions late, because they just haven't had that this season
0: exactly exactly clutch free throws you know that that type of pressure really hasn't been a thing for them so far this year
1: Mm -hmm. i mean i think that they put the pressure on themselves to do that in the first quarter you know and and that's when you're that when you're beating teams by that much that's kind of what you got to do you kind of got to be like okay we got to do this in the first quarter knock knock this team out this is our fourth quarter we got to be hitting everything make your free throws and put the pressure on yourself in the fourth, first quarter, like it's the fourth quarter, because you, in the back of your head, Jason Bradford knows that the second, third, and fourth quarter probably aren't going to matter.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about what they did to uh, Hart last week, I mean, I this is a regional final game, mind you, right? And they outscore them fifteen to zero in the first quarter. Like they shut them out in the first quarter. They don't even score a basket. It's like once again a team with like one loss coming into like a regional final game impressive mm-hmm. absolutely impressive like you said it, it's it's going be <clears> exciting <throat> to see exactly uh, I mean Calumet once again you we we personally and I I'll take the you know I'll take the hit on that I never quite know what to expect out of UP teams right I don't think anybody in the Lower Peninsula does just because you go oh just like just like people underestimate teams from you know Northwest Lower Michigan when they go downstate I think uh-huh. we under us, right, underestimate UP teams so that Calumet game tonight should be very very interesting Glen
1: Lake's last four opponents when they come in come into that game, have had a total of one loss, and Between what it, and then and Calumet coming up.
0: Yeah, and so what? And what's the scoring margin? None like sixty of those points? Three have been close. Yeah, it was none this, of those three have been close. They've won by a total of over like sixty-five <laughs> points over three games. Like, yeah, so. Let's let's go ahead. We'll bend over and uh, get over to the boys' side where uh, we have two more teams. Obviously, we're going to save McBain for last. We'll talk about them in just a second because we, we have them on the interview. So, you know, the other one was Frankfurt. Frankfurt and Lake leland saint Mary played in a very highly anticipated regional final last week. You know, Lake leland saint Mary was looking for their first trip to the quarterfinals since 1950. Uh, it would have been, you know, a long time. But they were really hyped up. And, you know, Jack Stefanski, once again, is just the biggest mismatch I think anybody can – Go for in a on a Division Four basketball team. I mean, he can shoot from anywhere. He's a baller. You know, he he's literally he's he's the dribbler. He's a you know, he, everything. He's got good pieces around him. But when it comes to trying to defend a kid like that on a Division Four basketball team, I don't know. There's many he can do it. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you're blessed with a six foot seven guy who's also, you know, not real thin. Yeah, who's put who's put together. I mean, I don't know how you you guard him unless it's with two or three like 64 guys. Yeah. How many floor teams have that many 64 guys that can even I mean, and if McBain
2: three. and MC had um Trevin Winkle, who was kind of like a Stefanski-esque player, but even even in that game it was Blake Miller, Sander Sauer, just their starting their supporting cast that was just chucking up three-pointers to win that game like That's I mean, how yeah, yeah, he has guys good. got around him. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's not just Stefanski with that team, you know? I think that's the biggest difference with Frankfurt's boys' team and Frankfurt's girls' team is with a lot of times you're like, oh, Reagan Thur's is really good and she can take over games. Well, Jack
1: Stefanski's really good. He can take over games, but also his supporting cast is really, really good, too. But the thing that Stefanski does is uh, the game you saw, they had to put Trevin Winkle in him. Winkle's not a pure post player, and they had to play him as such against Stefanski because he's the only guy that they had size wise that could match up with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, skill wise, he's like a guard, right? He can do everything. Yeah, but he
2: seriously uh, made like an NBA three and, when
0: that no, game. Was that's exactly what. But that's the same thing. Is that that? That's why I say. Just that's why I just bring up him being the mismatch. Is that it? Completely throws a wrench not only in a game plan against Frankfurt, but if Frankfurt is you know if they if Frank if he's guarding somebody on your team, you know you're you're just as much in trouble. So I I really like Frankfurt's chances once again. I mean they they're gonna have another really really tough game. Tomorrow, when they take on Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart, I believe they're undefeated at 19 and 0 as well. 19
1: and one, I think. Yeah,
0: 19 and one. So that'll be that'll be another tough game for Frankfurt. But you know, I, when I when we looked at the quarterfinals, it goes, "Oh man, you know, Dan Loney came in 2018, and they've lost a total of like nine games since then, and have a state finals appearance, and were taken out of a district final last year." So only, only God knows what this Frankfurt team is really capable of. And I know Dan Loney's one heck of a coach when it comes to actually winning basketball games.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've only lost one playoff game in three years so far.
0: Exactly, literally. And that's, that, that, that's pretty crazy to me. So we'll Finals. see if they can make their way back down to Breslin, where Blake Miller made a bit of his name for himself against Southfield Christian uh, back in 2018 as a freshman. When he dropped like seven mm-hmm. or nine points in like three minutes and tried to dunk the ball. It was a great time. But either way, uh, I, I do think that Frankfurt uh, does have a legitimate chance of making it back down to the Breslin. Now, one more team we got to talk about before we get into our interview is McBain, our number 1 ranked in Division 3 undefeated McBain Ramblers heading into the quarterfinal against Iron Mountain and Foster Wonders, finalists for Mr. Basketball, averaging just way too many points a game for a high school kid. I mean, you all-time leading score. Yeah, like way too many points for a high school kid, James. You've you've been following McBain thus far. We talked to these guys a little bit, but what did you see out of them last week and how do you think they are going to have to attack Iron Mountain in order to get out of this quarterfinal round. Um, the the one interesting thing is that uh, even though it's regionals, you only have like a,
1: basically a day kind of to change your game between the semifinals and the finals. They played two very different teams schematically or, or style wise, and and came out with wins in both of those. I mean, Glenlake, you know, is a very physical team with Finn Hogan and Luke hazelton down low. Uh, the referees officiated it very close, so by the end of the game, it seemed like half of the starters had four fouls. So that that was just a very different game. the The Beaverton game was a little more wide open, where you know teams was, they were both shooting threes a lot more and and playing some more zone and not that, the physical man to man that you, that you saw against Glen Lake. So the, just being able to adapt like that in in a day was a, a pretty impressive thing to, to game plan, as you know, to just to kind of completely change your game plan. And they're going to have to come up with something completely different probably against Iron Mountain to stop Foster Wonders. You know, teams in UP games have tried throwing three defenders at him and just triple-teaming him and saying somebody else beat us, and he still beats you. <laughs> and so you do that, you just you just man-mark him with one guy and then let him get his 30 and then hope that your guys are better than they four. before. You know, how do you go about this? So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that Tonight in lake city
0: it's like hey do you do you really just do you try to just score 70 points and say hey you can't outscore all five of us or what do you do so i know you'll be at that game on tuesday and we are going to hear a lot more about how the ramblers plan to take down iron mountain and exactly what they are all about with our interview with mason hooker and cade mcgillis the two seniors from McBain. let's go ahead and give a listen to that now The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in our first ever McBain students, Senior Kate McGillis. Hey, what's up? And Senior Mason Hooker. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, how are we doing? We're doing good. I, I really uh, am excited to have a McBain Rambler, a couple of them here on the podcast. We're starting to knock some of these schools off the list, and you guys are in the thick of a playoff run here, looking at the state quarterfinals. Before we get into all of that good stuff, we're going to do our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor Ed Jimmy John's, just to try to get to know you guys just a little bit. So, Caden, we're going to have you answer these questions first, and we'll go here. What's the coolest mascot other than your schools? Michigan State Spartan, man. Are you talking, are you talking high school? It doesn't matter. If, if it's the Spartans. Right.
3: Spartans, man. Let's go. <laughs> go green. What about you, Mason?
4: I have to say the same thing. Go blue.
3: What is your favorite cartoon and why? I am gonna have to go with uh, Spongebob because I, uh, I, I don't know, I like Spongebob. I uh, I just always liked the rivalry between uh, Mr. Krabs and uh, Mr. Plankton, and so stuff it was cool,
4: you know. I always loved Scooby-Doo growing up. I don't know why, just my favorite one with
0: Shaggy and Scooby. Okay, if you were challenged to a duel, but you could not use a gun, what weapon would you choose and why? I would
3: choose Nunchucks because Nunchucks is, that's an elite weapon, especially if you know how to use them. Do you know how to use nunchucks? I do not, but I feel like you could still do some damage for sure.
0: What about you, Nate? What are you going to take on Caden with nunchucks? If he's coming to the duel from between you guys with nunchucks, what are you going against?
4: (laughs) I don't know. I might go with the crossbow. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's not a gun. (laughs)
0: Technically (laughs) not. There's loopholes. One Mm -hmm. of the two.
1: Okay, so if if we came to your house for dinner, what would you make for us?
3: Steak for sure. I'd get you steak, mashed potatoes, and uh, some sort of vegetables.
4: <laughs> I'm Mexican. I get you some tacos, cooked up.
0: Hey, I ever say no to tacos. Man, <laughs> no way, man. I can't say no to steak either. I think we need to go down to <laughs> McBain. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the best type of animal to take over if the animal kingdom ever rises up and you know takes over the world? Like, who would be the what animal would be the best president?
4: Lion for sure. They're the king. I would probably say the lion too. (laughs) The Lion King.
1: Leader of the pride. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, if if you won twenty million dollars in the lottery, what would you what would you do with money? Invest it for sure.
4: I'd invest most of it, and then I'd probably buy like a thousand acres of hunting property. You know, (laughs) big into the outdoors. So that's what I'd put it into.
0: So you're a big outdoorsman then, Mason, huh? Yes, I am. Okay, so are you a every-year hunter like James, like religiously, or out there on opening day? Every day. Okay, so we'll ask this just before we even get into basketball. What, what's, like, the biggest deer you've ever gotten? Have you ever gotten a deer? What's your, what's your like, you know, prize hunting trophy?
4: I shot a pretty big point in, like, 13, I think it was 18-inch spread. That was my biggest one.
0: So you were pretty young then.
4: Yeah, I was. I was, like, years old. Oh, man. <laughs> Out of this whole redneck
3: school, Mason's definitely the biggest hunter. I guarantee
0: it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, is it just deer that you hunt, or do you, do you go other places, do other things? I mean, do you go up to the UP? What do you uh, what's your what's your fancy?
4: I definitely like deer hunting the most, but uh, I also like bass fishing a lot. And then I've turkey hunted the last couple of years, and then just this fall I started getting to duck and goose hunting, and I like that quite a bit too.
0: Okay, so you're kind of going all over the place.
1: So, yeah. It's a, so explain your tattoo that you have on your arm. The
4: tattoo is in the shape of a duck, and it's got a fishing hook and a deer antler that kind of makes up the top two pieces, and then it just comes out with one more piece for the nose that makes the shape of a duck.
0: So it's kind of all of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> tossing it okay. all there. We we can, we can keep talking about hunting. I know James could probably ask all day. Um, Caden, do you hunt? No, I'm I actually don't, but I have nothing against it. Like I honestly want to go
3: to deer like do that because I feel like it's definitely like a, I don't know just like a thing you do you know
0: why don't you have like bear grills uh, mason over here take you out and uh, show you the ropes?
3: <laughs> I know I, I for sure would I definitely would my uh my family's actually huge into the hunting and I, I just never really uh never really got into it I'm more of it into like uh motors and stuff I love working on stuff it's my that's my hobby so okay
0: did you like do you like dirt bikes cars or like, like uh, sand
3: I'm like uh, snowmobiles. I like snowmobiles, and I love cars, too. I'm a big, kind of like a, a Mustang guy. I like everything, though, you know? It's all good. It's all good
0: stuff. Now, something I know that both you guys like very much, especially where we're at right now, is basketball. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about some high school sports on this high school sports podcast. Like I said, you guys being our first McBain students, we don't, we gotta get to know you guys. We gotta get our listeners to get to know you guys a little bit. But I want to start about your guys' playoff run right now. I want to talk about the present. Uh, obviously, you guys are having one heck of a season uh, up to the point where you are in the state quarterfinals. Um, have still yet to lose a game, if I'm not mistaken and you guys are kind of rolling right now. I know you had a close game against Beaverton on Saturday coming into this quarterfinal, but what is the uh, momentum, what is the, what is the feeling like for this Rambler team as you move into the state quarterfinals, ranked number one in the state?
4: I think we're feeling pretty good right now. Uh, we came out pretty strong against Beaverton in that first half. We were hitting our shots, and then the tides kind of turned in the second half, but we were able to lock it down, down the stretch, and hit our free throws. To win that game, obviously, we're undefeated still this year, so I think we're feeling pretty confident. we got a big task at hand tomorrow, but I feel like we can get the job done.
1: So if you guys if you guys uh, beat Iron Mountain, should the headline be McBain motors into uh, Final Four or McBain hunts make, on the
0: hunt for Final Four? <laughs> oh, hey, okay. okay. No. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see who scores more points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so we can- there you go. <laughs> Make him earn the headline, no? <laughs> right, right.
1: How much are you guys preparing for Foster Wonders? I mean, you know, he's finalist for Mister Basketball and everything, and and just uh, he's averaging what thirty six a game, I think, in the last four or five games. You kind of, I guess you you kind of go into that game
3: knowing he's gonna he's gonna score, and you just got to do your best to limit that as much as you possibly can. So. I mean uh mcBain being based on their defense and uh we're gonna we're gonna give it our all, you know, of course, and we're gonna we're gonna bring all we got you know we're bringing everything, so we're definitely uh preparing mentally for sure no just you you, you gotta understand that a one commit like that he's gonna he's gonna score some tough buckets you just gotta just gotta keep playing the game yeah. who
1: gets the bad assignment of having to guard him
3: this guy, right? yeah you're looking
1: at him. <laughs> So is it is it a matter of you're like, okay, well, he's he's going to score probably 30 or 35. As long as he doesn't go off for like 45 or something like that and we can hold the other people down, we're all right? Or is it kind of trying to just double or triple team him and take him away?
3: I think we're going to try maybe uh, and throw maybe a double team here and there at him, you know, just to slow him down. I don't know if he's had anybody guard him that's like my size yet, you know, my I'm pretty quick off my feet, say so myself. <laughs> but uh no, I I know what he I know what he has and I know like what he's coming with, so I I'm prepared and uh we're probably going to have to double team just to, because I
0: mean, stop him, stop their scoring, you know. You got you can't win if you don't score, you know. So no, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of teams, and especially I'm sure a player. I don't know. Do, do you guys have a goal? Is it like, hey, we want to hold this team under fifty points. If we feel we can get over fifty, and we hold them under fifty, or if we hold him under twenty-five, that's like a goal. What do you guys? What have you guys talked about um, going into a quarterfinal?
4: We're gonna try and limit Foster as much as we can. I think If we can keep him at twenty-five to thirty, like we'll be in a good spot. And our our target's kind of in that 50, 55 points range. We feel like if we can get into the fifties, that we'll have a shot of being at that, in the ball game.
1: Uh, how much does it help that you guys have so many seniors on your team? I mean, pretty much your entire starting lineup is all seniors and pretty much everybody with the exception of Carson, I think is, is seniors that pretty much plays regularly any too. Yeah. yeah. We've been, uh, we've been our senior group. We've been together. Like I said, we've been together since what?
3: Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And, uh, as, as sophomores, we all, all five of us that are starting right now got moved up to varsity and, uh, Coleman would all put us all in, uh, at the end of the game, uh, usually at like the end of the games, you know, because he's big on seniority and stuff, which is totally respectable. But now having a senior group this year is awesome. You know, it's it's helped a ton, and uh, having we all deal with the same stuff, so we all get each other, we all understand how we feel about things, and uh, it's really um, it's really nice, honestly.
0: I mean, mention having to deal with things as a team and being together. Obviously, last year being shut down during districts is just like holy crap, and then you guys go on this run this season. What's the fuel been like as a senior group um, after seeing what happened to the winter and the spring seasons last year and then you come in, you know, you're running undefeated. It's just like how how high are you guys on, like, this adrenaline rush of actually being able to play this sport again?
4: For me, it's definitely been getting the season canceled last year has been my motivation because, I mean, we were playing the best basketball up to that point as a group we had ever played. I mean, we had just beat Cadillac and Big Rapid by 25 points each. And we came in and smoked Lake City in the district semifinal. And we were ready for Maine in that district final. We felt like we could make a run at maybe possibly beat Glen Lake in the regionals. So we were really excited to do that. So I think that definitely fueled my fire. And then all the speculation about this season, you know, we were going to play and then we weren't. And then just over and over and then finally getting to play. Just like, all right, it's time to buckle down and get to work. That's kind of been my motivation.
1: Were you guys surprised when uh, the rankings came out and you were number one? I don't know. I'd say we were, honestly, a little bit. But uh, I think it's kind of well-deserved.
4: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's well-deserved. But at, at the same time, big like, high school rankings, you just can never read too much. It, it seems like they're always shaking at the end of the season when you look at the Final Four teams. But, I don't know. We'll see.
0: So, <laughs> so is your guys' attitude like... Hey, we're number one. We have to make sure because everybody has a target on our back. Or is it like, hey, we're 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 here in these quarterfinals where we wanted to be, and don't matter. We're coming out here to just kind of ball.
4: Well, the thing with us is playing basketball around this area in the conference, we have a target on our back every single game, every single game, no matter who we play. Like if a team beats us, that makes their season. Okay we lost to Lake City in the regular season last year. That just made their year. We're used to having that target on our back. And, yeah, we, we definitely play with that. We know we got to come out with our best game because everybody's going to give us their best game, too.
1: Yeah, what, what has led to that kind of consistency with the McBain basketball program? I mean, you guys, for the last decade, have averaged 17 wins a season. Um, haven't had less than 13. That's the, that's the big fella,
3: man.
4: That's, that starts with Mr.
3: Bruce Colman right there. <laughs> he, does, he does his work day in and day out, and he's always, every single day, ready to go hard. You know, he never takes a break. And uh, that pushes us and motivates us, man. We uh, he, he expects greatness, and that's what go, you know, that's what we strive for every day. In practice, and uh, I mean, you got to work for
1: it. Motto, man. He's old school. I mean, you're going back to, to you're going to Lake City on Tuesday for this game, um, and that's the gym that you guys are pretty familiar with, with them being in your league and everything like that. But but talk about the squeaky floor at Houghton Lake where you had to play both of your regional games this year.
4: So that was it was kind of annoying, like when you would walk. In the floor is all squeaky and like you step on it and like the boards would be flexing like, oh gee but once once you get into the game you really didn't realize it but i feel like we'll definitely be able to tell when we go play on that floor to playing on a floor like city that's just like two or three years old i feel like we'll definitely be able to tell the difference.
0: Now, now, I want to talk about your guys' conference this year. I know it's been it, – it, teams, boys, girls, it's just been it's been tough with, uh, you know, COVID shutdowns, especially, I mean, your team in general, even being at number one, having to take some time away. Just, like, what, what has it been like having to ride that roller coaster and then being here now and, like, I know that it has to be at least a little stressful, you guys are like, we got one league week left, we just have to hold this together.
3: It's It's been a ride. Like, I mean, we – for uh, fall sports, football being the same way, it was a roller coaster man like uh it was for sure canceled and then all of a sudden it was back in within two weeks you know and so you can never you can never know anything it seems like you're always just you always got to go off the, you know fly you know it's uh it was really stressful like you said super stressful and it got really annoying but uh I mean you just got to push through it
0: I mean what's like a big life lesson that this whole like pandemic in sports has taught you guys? I know it's I've heard I've talked to a lot of high school athletes and they've been through a lot of stuff. I mean like what's a big life lesson that you guys have taken from this whole situation?
4: I'll never take just normal life again when we finally get done with all this. I mean I won't take going up and get groceries, going out and see a movie, going to a ball game. I'll soak it in every time cuz you just never know with this type of stuff.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a big one for me too, you know, cuz like just, I, you, you got like those memories on like Facebook or whatever that pop up from a couple of years ago and you're, uh, I don't know. I was, uh, had a basketball game and I had, you know, I took a picture of my family and no masks, man. Simple times, you know, everything's
1: just getting more complicated. It seems like.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, then you guys had right before districts where the school was shut down for a week. How, how nerve wracking was that? You know, that happened right then. That was crazy. I was,
3: uh, I was really hope I knew I knew we had time, but I didn't know, you know, you never know what what could happen. That, you know, you never know if someone else could get sick right as soon as you guys get back. You know, as you just because that will shut you. Yeah, that, I don't know. You could just shut you down in a matter of you know a day, just like how last year ended. I mean, we were gonna play. We won Wednesday. We're gonna play, and then Thursday, some stuff came out. Only parents could come, and then all of a sudden it was done that same day. So you, you just never know.
0: I remember that. Now, I mean, just for, I, we've talked to a couple of schools and you're deep into this playoffs. Are you guys doing any sort of like bubble or, you know, out of school learning or anything just to make sure that you guys can't get contact traced out of the finals?
4: So we've wanted to do that, but uh, the administration hasn't necessarily been on board. So we're just trying to, as a team, just stay away from as many people as possible, obviously not go out outside of school. So we're pretty much just trying to stick to our teammates around school and the Pretty much stay at home or with people your family with outside of school.
3: Yeah, um coming off spring break, like everybody was like doing their own thing of course. Before that we had our we were remote and it like today's our first day back in school and it's like, man, I I, this feels weird, you know? Remote's normal now and it It does. And uh I I honestly wish we would have stayed remote just for one more week so there's no – there's, like, guaranteed that we could not get shut down. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Now, has, I'm, I'm not sure about this because, once again, we just started covering it. Ben. I don't know the exact years. you know when the last time, if you guys have made it to the Final Four, how long it's been um, and, and what it's looking like to get back to <laughs> Brisbane for you guys?
4: 2016. Was it – oh, yeah, 2016. 2016 was last right. time they went. I was with, like, that's Logan think Craig Stirk, all those so guys. you guys
0: were in, what, eighth grade then? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, we were eighth okay. grade. Okay. So how much, how much have you guys kind of looked back and been like, hey, we want to be those guys?
4: Well, I remember going to like all those games back in 2011 when uh, Nate Brown made the buzzer beater in the final fours. Under the finals, I remember being there. I remember being there in 2016, even though they got smoked. It was just so awesome out there, and that's just been my lifelong dream to be able to step up on that court. Yeah, I'm I'm right with Mason right there, man.
3: Watching those guys when we were kids, uh, that really. Uh... I don't know, engraved something in your mind that you just wanted to be there. You wanted to be them. And uh, like last year getting shut down, that that dream kind of got squished a little bit. You know, you're like, oh, no, what if don't get this opportunity again, you know. And, uh, no, having this year uh, be such a good run for us, I'm really hoping one more game, man, be on that floor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like I said, thank God it's in in, uh, a conference opponent's gym. I mean, you guys kind of talked about having a target on your back. I just want to talk about what you guys have. And it's not like you guys have, you have, have absolute supremacy, but it does seem that a lot of the sports, you know, um, that you guys are at the top of your conference, and it seems like everybody wants a piece of McBain. Um, what's the athletic culture like for the Ramblers, and what type of, you know, expectation do you guys hold for yourselves?
4: Well, I mean, starting off, like, McBain schools, I feel a lot of people in the area really like that, and there's a lot of people that, their school of choice, come out of different school districts like Caden is, Grayson Berkmos is. Um, so I feel like that's one reason that people kind of don't like us. And then just, I don't know, that's always been the tradition. There's trophies from 50 years ago. I mean, just constant all the way up to now. So it's just kind of always been a tradition of excellence. And it feels good to be able to uphold that a little bit.
1: Okay. So when you went to the uh, the final four game in uh, in 16, did you have a mother
4: I did not. Back then, I was just rocking the face up, short in the sides, but <laughs> I did that for the first time uh, last fall, and then, you know, of course, my girlfriend made me cut it, and then uh, I ended up getting it back this summer so you know what, it's staying this time.
0: That's pretty gnarly. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, that's a, like a pretty big head of lettuce there.
4: Oh, yeah. That's, that's since June of last year growing out, man.
0: <laughs> no, not not even a single trim.
4: I uh, only trimmed the sides. I just I just got it cut into a mullet about 3 weeks ago. Before that,
0: it was just a big mop of hair and then I finally thought it was long enough so I cut the sides. Okay. Okay, so you just made the transition and it's here to stay. Uh-huh. I keep asking, I think mullets are back or they're coming back. <laughs> they all are. Right. I think they are not just hockey hair anymore. Yeah, I'm starting to see it everywhere. Yeah, it was uh it, it went crazy as soon
3: as as you saw all the JV kids doing theirs and then also 8th graders there. Like, oh my word, what is going on? So, at the did- time, I had short hair, and I'm, I've always been kind of a short hair kind of dude. But when uh, COVID hit and like we started playing football or whatever, I grew my hair out really big. I had like an afro, <laughs> big curly afro, and uh, it was fun. But you can't be having all that during basketball, man. It gets in my eyes. I hate when this like my hair gets wet or all sweaty, and then it like the sweat gets in my eyes. I can't stand it.
0: That's why that's why Mason just throws it all off the back. That's yeah, right. use all the hair in the back so the sweat just drips on the back. Yeah, when you
4: cut the sides, I mean the hair doesn't really get in your face at all, so not bad like this.
0: <laughs> that that's what they call um like maximum efficiency. I'm it's the wrong word, but like it's logical thinking here. I can see where <laughs> you're coming from. <laughs> another question about iron mountain i know that we're looking at one of the uh you know the better players in the state but um how much has it felt good having what three four days to kind of like prepare for a kid like that as opposed to you know you guys are preparing for hopefully another three game week um like you guys haven't kind of had in the last few
3: yeah yeah um having these couple days off has uh been really nice honestly it's uh I mean, uh, you can rest up and, uh, I mean, any bumps and bruises you got go away and then you feel like you're uh, ready to take on whatever, you know. And, uh, I mean, just like you said, when you when you get those days off, you got to use them. You can't be out there messing around, you know, can't be doing nothing stupid, especially with this big week coming up. You got to be careful and, uh, I mean, I don't know, go golfing, you know, do something easy.
0: <laughs> when you're our age, you still get sore after golfing. <laughs> uh, All righty, Caden and Mason, thank you so much for becoming the first McBain Ramblers to join us here at the Get Around podcast. It was such an exciting time. Good luck against Iron Mountain, and hopefully, we will see you on the Breslin 4 this week. Yeah, yes, thank sir. You. Thanks for having us. Another huge thank you to Mason and Caden. For joining us here at the Get Around. We get to knock another school off our list. And especially in the thick of a playoff run like the Ramblers are in, being undefeated this season, it's almost necessary that we have them on. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. We're going to get into our Chatter That Matters section and dive in a little deeper on episode 170 with Andrew about his Sunday centerpiece story. The Let Them Play folks are back in the courtrooms challenging the constitutionality of testing basketball players here this week and youth athletes in general. Andrew, I know that you spent quite a bit of time and talked to a few of the top doctors in the state for pediatrics. Can you please let us know what has been the the hoopla and how the state has responded um, over, you know, the another lawsuit hitting courts.
2: So right when, so when, when just used testing on student athletes in the fall, You know, they used it as a way to say, you know, we have these tests available, and we also will want to see if it's feasible and doable if we did it on a large scale. So they did a semi large scale of about 200 schools. And to their view, it went really well because obviously there wasn't that many athletes that tested positive from it. And it got the fall sports season, -season, the fall sports postseason to be finished. So what they then did was say, okay, schools, You can request tests if you want to. We're not going to require you to do it. But we have a system in place where you can get tested if you really want to. We're going to give you a form to go fill out the test, and we'll ship them to your school, and we'll see where you go from there. And a lot of schools did that, but what they found statewide, this isn't just a Traverse City thing, statewide was that they were not being used. So that's where the that's where the kind of inspiration for the order came to came from. So the schools sit, were
1: ordering them and then just letting them sit there.
2: The schools were ordering them and just letting them sit there. So a lot of the schools, I I, I kind of wonder, like a lot of the schools that have the test, probably or like are subject to the order, probably already have the test right now, <clears> you know. But nonetheless, the athletic community in general is not too happy about this order. You know, I've talked to parents and. Administrators at the games in general, people are saying that why now? We have two, we have three vaccines, and the state just today opened up the criteria to allow um, anyone 16 and older to get a vaccine. And that would pretty much include just sophomores and up and anyone on varsity. Why is this the way that we're handling this when these tests, the tests themselves, don't they're not the most accurate? you kind of sacrifice accuracy for the fact that they're cheap and they take 15 minutes for results to come by. It's, it's $5 for a test as opposed to $50 for a PCR and 15 minutes as opposed to three to five days for a PCR. So you sacrifice the efficacy is what they call it to it's accurate. You, you sacrifice like ease of feasibility and like easiness for people to do it by themselves for accuracy and state officials are acknowledging that but their perspective is they'd rather be overly cautious and have people that might not necessarily have covid quarantine and get the one person that they wouldn't have tested positive if it weren't for this order because that would stop a larger outbreak from happening on a team that's not my perspective that's the state that's the state's perspective they're saying they they want to use this as a tool to keep sports open And they want to use it as a tool to, you know, make sure we don't have to, you know, let's say close restaurants or like move the dial back on the state's COVID uh, program. But nonetheless, there is a lawsuit against the order in the courts. Um, Legally, the state has 21 days to respond to the complaint. I remember the Michigan Restaurant Association challenged the November order that closed their restaurants and the order was pretty much over by the time that their lawsuit actually made it into the actual courtroom. So we'll see where this goes. Um, we'll see what happens here. I don't really know a timeline on how their lawsuit will proceed, but you can find out what the gist of their complaint was in the story I wrote. But yeah, it's, I can't imagine it's not easy for these schools to implement this program right away. I mean, there's been multiple athletic directors and conferences that have issued statements saying that this is happening too fast and things were going well in our conference. Like we were doing it. We were doing all the things right. We're not saying that COVID isn't a real thing. We're not saying that the surge isn't a real thing, but this way forcing our students to get tested kind of like on a moment's notice with two weeks to prepare for it. It wasn't the best option. That's what they're saying. And that's that's what they they said. They would have rather worked with the state to develop a better
1: program. So, Yeah, but football did that.
0: Yeah, volleyball did that.
1: Yeah. In less than two weeks, I think it was. They had to push it back a couple of days to give people the time to get the tests in the mail. But they did it. Wrestling did it. I, I don't really see this as a big deal. I mean, they asking you to wipe a swab in your nose a couple of times a week. That's it. It doesn't seem hard. They're paying for it. I don't see the problem, and doing it in law, like you said, it's not going to get through court by the time uh, most people are vaccinated anyway.
2: And the other thing is, people are concerned that you know, is this an indefinite thing? Because Michigan's vaccine, Michigan's testing criteria still technically would force, well, still technically would make it a requirement for people vaccinated to get tested. So, were they saying? Oh, is this going to be a thing for fall sports now? Is this going to be a thing until we run out of tests? Like, how long are we going to be testing for COVID?
1: Yeah, I could totally see it being a thing where the state bought too many tests at the beginning. They're trying to use them up so that they don't get accused of wasting money on tests or something. But if you have if you, have them, you may as well use them,
0: right? If you ask me, I think you kind of brought this up, and I think that's the issue with a lot of people. It's not about administering the tests or the program or oh we didn't have time to prepare for this they don't want to do it because they don't want to get shut down end of story you said it earlier these schools already have these tests and they're not doing it because they don't want to get shut down that's it and that's that's what makes me mad right is that everybody says that they're doing everything that they can to make sure that we can keep playing that means when you say you're doing everything that you can you're neglecting doing something you're supposed to be doing in order to basically sidestep the possibility that you get a positive test on your team. I think that was the
2: irony of this story is, like, people weren't using the test because they didn't want it to appear like COVID wasn't spreading in sports teams. But yet the state's instituting this order because that's something that they're trying to, like, prevent against,
1: like, you know. You did mention, though, that the state indicated that most of the spread in schools was coming from other things other than sports, right? Like parties. Yeah, they did
2: not like that, see right? sport spread of COVID in the actual events themselves. Let's get that out of the way. They did yeah. say that it's the athletic community in events like outside of team gatherings, team dinners, that stuff like
0: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and yeah, social parties or whatever it might be, Easter gatherings or spring. Bro- I mean, we you know how many kids just went right. on spring break, like, and that's yeah. the same thing as that. I guarantee you, right? I mean, the teams who are in the playoffs still, the basketball teams who are still in the playoffs, none of the kids went on spring break. Some of them did, and those teams aren't in the playoffs anymore. You know what I'm saying? So they, they hopefully, like we, we, you just heard in our interview, the guys at McBain are, while they're being forced to be in school, they can't do their own little pod like we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. They are doing everything in their power to kind of like make their own little like click at school where they only hang out or only talk to their own, their, you know, their own teammates, and they don't do anything else after school except for see each other. And, you know, once again, I understand that completely. But the the reality of the fact is is that, and I think this is the same thing, is that people don't want testing because they don't want positives. It's, this has happened since back in August or September or whatever, all the way back in June of last year. We had this whole argument like, or there's people, oh, yeah, the more you test, the more positives. Well, yeah, it makes sense. But that's why they don't want to test in some of these areas is because especially at a point like right now, that means goodbye everything. You know, and I I get that, but that's what that's what makes me mad is how often we've heard from athletic directors and from coaches and everybody will do anything that it takes. But like James said, the football players did everything it took. The volleyball players did everything it took. Wrestlers have you know tested probably at minimum six times each this year for how many meets they've had. Right? For anybody to say that they couldn't be prepared for this or for that. You know we needed to make a new program. Well, then this lawsuit should have been brought. I don't in, in think February. they're mad
2: about the like the money the state spending. Their oh, I'm money not worried the about the money. Itself. No, I'm
0: talking about I'm talking about the just the, they're the, the, fact that they're the testing. Like,
2: they're, they're mad about okay, that we have to spend hours of our school administrators' time to admit us to use these tests. So is it really free or not? It, it's not really know?
0: hours of time. We know this. We've talked to plenty of people. If you do this, it takes you literally 30 minutes before practice, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be yeah. a 30-minute thing. You should have your kids show up, and you and make practice two and a half hours instead of two hours, and you're fine.
1: Yeah, like, and that was for a football team. Like, a basketball team or a baseball team is way smaller.
0: Yeah, and like, I know, I know I'm know, i not, I'm, once again, I'm not an administrator. I know I'm not, I don't know exactly what everybody's going through, but the way that I look at it, I just don't get, I don't get the pushback now. Why right now? We This wasn't too, we, we, they said this a few weeks ago that the kids in the basketball finals were going to be tested, right? This gets brought up a week before, like you said, it takes 21 days. This, this—if they were really worried about this testing program, this lawsuit should have been filed in February, not the day that it goes into effect. Exactly, it should have been filed in February because we've known about this. We knew that these kids were going to be tested when they got to the basketball finals for weeks, and kids have already been getting tested from wrestling and everything else for weeks. So that's why I just get mad—is because why, why are you gonna, why are you gonna throw so much pushback at this moment when you knew it was coming, and? But you guys have all said over and over again, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll do whatever it takes. Well, show it. You know? That's just the way I say it. But that mm-hmm. was that was our chatter that matters. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh. Freaky fast. Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to put us into our Hall of Fame segment, gentlemen. We got three wrestlers to put up. And I think... You know, we kind of know what what's going to happen here, but we had some really good performances in the individual state finals. I'm going to just put it out there. I had Gavin Wilmoth, Trevor C. St. Francis state champion at 152. Our only state champion. We know he's getting in. Who else do you guys got?
2: Remy Cotton, I think, put up a good match at 189. I mean, he was state runner-up, but I mean, I watched that match, and 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 he told me he never felt like he was out of it, and I I would say the same so too. So.
0: Yeah, and especially after beating Rojas earlier this season, I know that sometimes that revenge match is just a little harder to overcome, especially in that state final. What about you, James?
1: Yeah, I'll put up Kingsley freshman Gavin Merchant uh, all the way to the state championship match, lost by pin towards the end of the first period, but uh, that was his first loss all season. He's
0: 31-1. and one. And Cotton, if I'm not mistaken, that was his first loss of the season. Yeah. Right, as well. Yeah. So we have and, that his- was, and he lost to a two-time state champion. Yeah.
1: Like, the kid who beat him won his second state title. Okay, okay.
0: So, we're, we're yeah. Rojas
2: only lost two matches, too. One was to Cotton.
0: Yeah, right. So, so that tells you. So, we have a state champion and two kids who lost their only match of the season in the state championship. Is that enough to put all three of these guys in? I think so. You, got, yeah. you, you agree? We're unanimous on a, yeah. three, a three-man vote? All righty. Well, congratulations to Gavin Wilmoth from Traverse City St. Francis, the Division Four state champion at 152. Traverse City Central sophomore Remy Cotton taking second place to Manuel Rojas in Division I at 189. And then, of course, Gavin Merchant down at 112 for Kingsley, losing his first match in that state final to a two-time state champion. All are our newest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. So congratulations, guys. You have been enshrined forever. We have one more segment, and it's our trifecta. Before we get there, we got to remind you one last time that this is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. This trifecta sponsored by James Cook. He came up with this one today. What are you binging? Or what have you binged recently that you need to tell the people about? I've, I've actually done quite a bit of uh, Netflixing in the past year. And I'll just go first. I just finished Blacklist with James Spader. I don't know if anybody's ever watched this. But it is basically about the most wanted man in America turning himself into the FBI to work with them as a confidential informant and catch all the other worst criminals in the world. Really, really good show. It's seven seasons so far. It got it, it's still it's still on, which is the cool part. Is it, it'll take you a while to catch up, but it's still being like recorded and live. Um but seven seasons almost to completion, and then it got cut off because of coronavirus. And they actually ended up animating half of an episode because they didn't get to finish the whole episode while coronavirus hit. It was really weird but they ended up you know really coming out of it was the very last episode that they did it was like season 7 episode 22 or whatever before the coronavirus pandemic hit they had to kind of like cut the season short and do an animated version of the episode but I'll just put it this way every single episode is like pretty action packed there's never a lull and like there's a really good underlying storyline to it that will keep you going through 7 seasons it's, it's it's like 25 episodes 7 seasons 45 minute long episodes so like this is a bit this is a show that you got to like commit to but it was definitely worth every second what about you guys
2: i'm gonna go with worn stories on netflix and it, and it gets right into it the first one is about nudism so it's it's literally about like clothes and people's stories behind their clothes i think it's awesome
0: you say worn like w-o-r-n worn stories worn stories so instead of war like, stories it's worn stories
2: <laughs> it's worn stories i love it it's it, it's fun
0: james you this was your this is your trifecta you have to be binging something decent We've, we've been bur-
1: uh, binging like every day when we have lunch uh, uh, and usually dinner. We'll just watch one episode of Bob's Burgers <laughs> while we're eating. So we've been doing like two episodes a day and stuff like that. We've gone through, I think, pretty much the whole show. And it's like seven or eight seasons, maybe nine now or something. And uh, so, and there's like 20 episodes a season. So we've gotten through the whole thing pretty much. But now it's like we have to like really look to find an episode that we haven't seen Maybe even twice. Oh, wow. Bob's Burger is a good
0: show. It's a funny one.
1: Bob's Burger is a good show. It's, you know, it's a cartoon, but it's, you know, geared
0: towards adults kind of. It's, and, it's uh, definitely, I would say it's definitely one of the, It's. I feel like it's definitely like much different than the other like adult cartoons, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, each of the characters has like its own thing, you know, but it's not like The Simpsons or, you know, American Dad or, or Family Guy or whatever. Family Guy or any of those other ones like that. Yeah, anything by Seth MacFarlane.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bob's Burgers is definitely a little bit different. So wait, so you finished it all? You're going through it twice now. So this uh, we're
1: still trying to find like a couple episodes because we're oh. doing it on Hulu. It will tell us what episodes we've seen. Okay. It doesn't have like a separate thing that says these are the f- episodes you haven't seen. You just have to kind of scroll through each season and see which ones you have. It'll have you know the, the bar on the bottom of. it if you've
0: seen it just a quick follow-up question and it doesn't have to be long but this will be the last thing we talk about so when it, I, when it comes to binging right what is the uh quick or what's what show have you binged like the most times all the way through like over and over have you seen more than once like what's like a show that you've seen the most i guess because like i've seen the office like probably seven times over at this point just because for a while it was literally all we would just press play on season one and just keep pressing play
1: Um, we did that with Mandalorian we would watch each episode we we watched the episode when it came out on Friday and then we'd usually watch it again sometime before the next episode came out a little refresher yeah we're kind of doing that we had to do that with WandaVision too and then the the, uh, Winter Soldier show that's out now we haven't done that with yet but we've caught up seen all the episodes so far
0: nice Andrew have you ever watched a show more than
1: once
2: I watched Tiger King like twice (laughs) There are things like you pick up in the second time around that you didn't pick up in the first, so yeah.
0: There you go. Andrew's still the Tiger King one year later. I'm pretty sure that like right now is when Tiger King blew up like a year ago. Like right in this area, right after April Fool's Day. Pretty sure Yeah. It was like the first hit of like lockdown. Right. We're like we're like we're like one year removed from Tiger King and the pandemic. But we are 170 episodes removed from when this podcast was started that's like well over three years we're rocking and rolling and uh 170 next week's going to be 171 without any further ado we would like to say thank you for listening to episode 170 make sure you follow us at j again at james cook 14 at by andrew r and at tcre sports on all platforms make sure you press that follow button on get around on soundcloud so you can get notified whenever we publish a new podcast and don't forget to share like retweet comment to get entered into our giveaway for two free jimmy john subs once again my name is jake adnett thank you so much for listening we will see you next week